0: So, guess what song I was humming in the shower this morning? Uh, The theme song to Jurassic Park?
1: Yeah, I catch my kids singing that all the time. It's adorable. It's a catchy tune. It is a very catchy tune. And I think John Williams
0: is to thank for that. John Williams is to thank for many a nerd tune, I would say. Indeed. And he recently... um, recently had a birthday oh is that right 90 years old that's a lot of years man 90
1: yeah oh no i know (laughs) no no don't put it out there don't put it out there i'm not saying shit
0: (laughs) health to mr williams the master himself all the best we got a special Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast today. Uh, you know him uh, on the interwebs. Uh, you may have known him uh, originally by the name Imperial Entanglements back Ooh, in the day. That's a deep cut. That's a, <laughs> that's deep, cut. a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when uh, Brad went out to sea to do his thing, um, Mr. Nerd, I call him salty because we go way back, uh, <laughs> helped us out here. Uh Co-hosting with me uh, on several episodes of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Thank you very much for that. But uh, we have none other than the salty nerd himself, Mister Nerd. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. When you uh,
1: you reached out to me and were like, "Hey, bro, I'm doing a dinosaur podcast," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm
0: I'm getting involved." <laughs> There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Absolutely, and and thank you for that. I, you know, when um, obviously recently we had a, a really great surprise. Uh, we had uh, another Jurassic Park movie uh, trailer dropped, and I think there was a lot of buzz in the community. And obviously, we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to do a, a special, you know, little discussion on on dinosaurs and and why we love them so much. And the only name that came to mind to to help me co was was you, man. I'm I'm glad I'm glad that in my circle of influence,
1: people know me as like the Jurassic Park guy. That, right. that makes you the that dinosaur brings, guy. Yeah,
0: that brings joy to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, absolutely, we got uh, we got the Viking guy, we got the Star Wars guy, the dinosaur guy. Uh, you know, we all got to know uh, one of of many guys or gals that that we know for for certain things. So that's awesome. Thank you. So, you know, in, in tune with, uh, the fact that, uh, when I first started listening to podcasts many, many years ago, before I started, uh, scare up with Brad, you know, I was searching online and there was a lot of podcasts that just, you know, talked about bullshit, you know, for the first mm. 15, 20 minutes. Um, I found you, obviously you, you and, uh, your salty, uh, salty crew. Um, and I liked what you guys were doing. So, uh, in that vein, let's cut to the chase, uh, and, uh talk dinosaurs. Absolutely. Let's go. So I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, what is your earliest memory of of dinosaurs uh, growing up? Uh, well, this is actually a really big story uh, for me personally.
1: And one of the reasons why I do what I do as far as like talk about movies and stuff. And uh, it goes way back. Uh, I was was in 1993 or 1994 when the first Jurassic Park movie came out. I was about five, maybe six years old. And uh, it was like the first movie that my father ever took me to go see. And I remember it being like this thing where... He's too young. He's too young. You shouldn't. My mom was like very upset about this. Like You can't take him to go that, see that movie. It's too scary. And my dad was like, nope, he's good. He's old enough now. It's about dinosaurs. What's the worst that could happen? And uh, well, he took me to go see that movie and I was terrified from the very beginning where that Raptor drags that dude into the cage and all the way to when the T-Rex chases the Jeep. And then don't even get me started on the kitchen scene with the Raptors. Like I was on the edge of my seat, literally shaking in my boots. That is not a joke i I physically remember shaking from fear
0: wow yeah and it's pretty intense
1: it's a pretty for especially for a five-year-old and uh i remember right after when the credits rolled and john williams music came up and we started walking out of the theater i remember looking up at my dad and saying can we go see that again wow and from that moment on i was not only hooked on movies in general and just like pop culture and stuff like that but I was a freaking dinosaur nut like that, that put something inside me where I, I need all the dinosaurs I can get. And from that point forward, the toys started showing up um, I, way back in the 90s. They had a line of toys. I don't remember who made them, if it was like Hasbro or Mattel or whoever it was, um, made a line of toys for Jurassic Park. And uh, they had like, the you know, the raptors and the Dilophosaurus and the T-Rex and Alan Grant and Dennis Nedry and Ian Malcolm, little action figures. I had them all. And uh, I, that's
0: what I grew up playing with. Uh, those were my those were my childhood toys. That's awesome. Um, you know, we'll we'll get to the question of why dinosaurs are so cool and what they mean to us, especially in the cinematic universe, um, as we talk about Jurassic Park. But um, yeah, that, I was going to ask you exactly that. You know, we all grow up with you know toy soldiers. Mm-hmm. And toy dinosaurs. I think that's uh, you know when when we're kids, uh, you know, at the front line, we get handed these things, and I think dinosaurs are are definitely part of that.
1: Oh, for sure. It's a, I think it's a generational generational thing too, because dinosaurs are fascinating to pretty much everybody at some point in time in their life. Like they, you know, some people grow out of it and they're no longer interested, but I I think. It's safe to say that most kids growing up, even in the generation before me, um, knew about dinosaurs and played with dinosaurs. And, you know, it's a it's a big part of being a kid is learning about these massive creatures from from way before time. And it's it's I think it's a staple of our culture in general.
0: Absolutely. You know, I remember getting a a little plastic bag with little plastic dinosaurs Mm -hmm. and you would play that with them and you go out in the backyard or or at the beach and, you know, you'd bury them and then they they pop out (laughs) and they battle each other, uh, you know, probably along with the toy soldiers. So it's it's definitely memories that I think uh, a lot of people our age share. And uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if uh, if that is still true. I know, uh, you know, my son, when when he was born, I, I did get him. You know, besides uh, some Star Wars action figures, there's some dinosaurs in there, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, dinosaurs have been kept alive, um, both figuratively and 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 actually by by the media. We've got movies, we got TV shows, and animation. Uh, kids growing up watching these dinosaurs. But I was going to ask you, like, why you, do you think dinosaurs are so cool?
1: Um, I'm going to have to go with what Steven Spielberg said uh in an, in a documentary about Jurassic Park and somebody asked him that very question what is it about dinosaurs that fascinates people and he was like basically you know it's it's that it's that mythology you know you're you're a young kid and you see these these unbelievable terrifying and fascinating creatures that shouldn't be real but then you grow up and you learn that they are real they did exist they were on our planet and i think that just it kind of solidifies this thing where, you know, you can. You, Greek mythology has lasted thousands of years, and uh, I, I think we all know there's maybe some truth to those stories, you know. But mostly, it's just fairy tales and storytelling from generation, you know, oral oral tradition. But when you learn that dinosaurs actually lived here, and there's a science behind it, and if you want, you can dive deeper and you can learn more about these actual real things that existed it just i don't know it does something to your psyche where you're just like man the possibilities are endless like what else is out there and then you know you get kids who grow up and they they get deeper into the scientific community and they start diving deeper into that and then they become you know um, what's the word um Marines, Inst- like, okay. So they become like marine biologists or something sure. and they learn how right. many crazy <laughs> amounts of creatures are out there in the oceans. It just it opens up a whole world of, of exploration. And I think it both terrifies and fascinates uh people of
0: all ages. Absolutely. I I, I think I hear some footsteps coming. Those yeah. footsteps and the roar. I was going to ask you because, you know, obviously you know the story of, of why professionally I do what I do. You know, the 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 experience of going to see Star Wars uh, as a seven-year-old mm-hmm. really inspired me to learn as much as I could about, you know, filmmaking and and the, the people behind the scenes at Industrial Light and Magic and all that stuff. And you just, you know, recounted a story about how Jurassic Park going to the movies has uh, inspired you to do what you do. And it is kind of a fascinating thing. I, I, I love that, you know, works of fiction, for the most part, just inspire kids to dream, to, to become and really to learn. I think that's uh, that's one of the positive, positive aspects, obviously, of, of, of movies and, and media um, that is out there, because it really it, it really taps into our imagination. And you're right. Dinosaurs look amazing if they weren't for the fact that they existed Back then. And you're you're absolutely right. We, we, we kind of latch onto that and it's just, it's an amazingly inspirational aspect of, of dinosaurs per se. I I love that. So I'm going to ask you, you talked about generational thing. Um, Here's a quick, uh, funny question. Were you of the Barney um, dinosaur or the Flintstone dinosaur generation? (laughs) Uh, I I think I'm ashamed to say
1: I was part of the Barney dinosaur era, but I... I can't say for sure that I ever watched that show. It was never right. something, it wasn't a staple of my childhood. I don't remember ever sitting down on Saturday mornings and watching Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> um, I have I have watched the Flintstones. I grew up watching some of those old classic cartoons. Um, but when it comes to dinosaurs, those are not the examples that I think of in my, <laughs> in my uh, nerd brain. I'm like, no, I don't right. think about Barney. I'd, for, I'd probably forget about Barney if you wouldn't have said anything about <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, uh as uh, as growing up, you know, a teenager or even as an adult, do you ever find yourself going back um even further back from uh Jurassic Park in 1993 uh to research on on some of the old movies that were created like even back in the 30s and the 40s with uh stop motion animation? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's um
1: there's a ton of classic Uh, 30s and 40s and 50s movies that have that have that wonderful stop motion uh, technology working for them with the dinosaurs and stuff. And uh, I think once I hit a certain age, that's it wasn't like five or six years old or anything. But once I hit a certain age, probably in my teenage years, when I started getting a little bit more into what movies are and, you know, what the history of them were, um, I went back and I watched those classic the King Kong versus the T-Rex. You know, those movies are, are Amazing, especially for those times. And I've done podcasts in the past about like what inspired the people who created the thing that inspired me. So, what inspired people like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas to create these movies? And a lot of it goes back to those 1930s and 40s classic sci fi films where you have people and cavemen going up against T Rexes and stuff like that. Like, they watched those movies as kids and then grew up and made their own version of it. And that's what I grew up with. So, that just feeds right back into that generational thing, where what what inspires one person leads them to create something, which then inspires the next generation.
0: Absolutely, I totally agree, and um, it's great that you mentioned, you know, the the King Kong stuff and fighting the T Rex. You know, it seems like dinosaurs never really leaves modern entertainment. There's always there's always a little bit of a gap, but we always get you know, new dinosaurs or new, Mm uh, creatures like that, you know, obviously Godzilla comes to mind. Um, and, uh, I'm not exactly sure of the origin of Godzilla. I know it's, uh, it, it came from Japan, Mm -hmm. um, as kind of an answer to, uh, not really an answer to King Kong, but, you know, we had, uh, Japanese monster movies that are very inspirational with, uh, with American cinema. And, uh, you know, we, we, now have uh you know kong versus godzilla uh in the mainstream uh in the pantheon of of monster movies and i think that's uh that's great you know we've got uh the new jurassic park coming out soon and uh it's obviously creating buzz i don't think uh dinosaurs or the buzz of dinosaurs will ever die down i think as long as we have the interest and are curious about those animals um i think it'll continue oh for sure yeah
1: I'm passing this down to my kids which is another generational movement. So uh they have books on dinosaurs that they sit down and read and and they request, you know, oh dad can you read this one for me at bedtime and it's a, it's a book about dinosaurs and all literally all it is is an encyclopedia of dinosaurs and they just want me to read it and I can't pronounce half the names I don't even try. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh it's I don't know it's something about that, you know, it 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 strikes that imagination uh within everybody. And as far as the movies go um there's always going to be a market for, uh, for dinosaur films. And I think what kind of put a stranglehold on it was actually Jurassic Park because they did it in such a way that nobody had ever thought it could have been done before. And they, they nailed it so perfectly as far as like a pop culture type thing, like movie making style um, where even though some of them, if not most of them were not actual accurate to what dinosaurs really looked like in everybody's mind in this day and age, when they, Think about dinosaurs. They think about Jurassic Park, or they think about the style of dinosaur from Jurassic Park. You know that that reptilian looking thing, the T Rex. They're all so iconic nowadays that that's what everybody thinks of when they think about dinosaurs, for right off the bat. Um, but I think there's room for other people to step in. We, there's been other movies out there. Uh, I think Disney made a dinosaur movie that was like nine, it was all CGI. Um, it was like one of those early CGI movies that. Uh, went for that photorealistic style so there's always going to be a market for it it's just it's a fascinating tale and the fact again the fact that it was real and there's actual scientific evidence to back it up makes it all the more fascinating
0: yeah i wanted to ask you you know you mentioned jurassic park and how uh i think jurassic park really set the benchmark um they you know ilm did some fantastic cgi work and you know we always talk about the line that phil tippett says that uh i think i'm extinct uh-huh. Um, as far as the stop motion animation and, and things like that, I, I think, um, you know, when when people think of dinosaur movies, you know, Jurassic Park, you know, even released, uh, you know, many, many years ago, they still go back to Jurassic Park because that has been the benchmark of dinosaurs in film uh, since the release of the film. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, great credit to the crew that, that uh, you know, behind the scenes again that... Uh, that worked on those movies i, I think it's fantastic i wanted to ask you because i i know you know in the past we've talked about um jurassic park and michael Crichton's uh, novel and and, mm-hmm. and this and that and i know you you mentioned in 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 the past i don't know if it was on a podcast or you know us talking um the 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 story of uh, the actual novel and the movie is a little different is it can you go into a little bit about the differences there uh, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, it's been a minute since I've read the first novel, but they are on a rotation for me. Like they're just a, something if I'm bored, if I haven't listened to it in a while on Audible, I'll throw on uh, Scott Brick's amazing narration of both books. And uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some differences um, the The two kids are a little bit different. Lex is actually the younger one. Tim is the older one. Lex is the one who's obsessed with baseball. So, I mean, they make some character changes. Um, Alan Grant uh, in the book loves kids. Uh, he he loves hanging out with children. He finds them fascinating. And I guess uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg had a different idea for that. Um, I think it had to do with um, Grant's character arc in a movie setting where he had to have some kind of a growth. Otherwise, he would have been a stale character. So they had him not like kids at the beginning. But then at, by the end of the movie, he was kind of, you know, the surrogate father figure for these kids. And that was his character arc. So it kind of it flushed out the movie a little bit better. So I don't think any of the changes that they made were necessarily bad. There's one scene that strikes me as uh, it would have been amazing to see in the movie, but I think uh, the technology wasn't quite there yet. And also it's it might not have been needed, but there's a scene in the book where Alan and the two kids are sneaking past a sleeping T-Rex that has just uh, eaten a dinosaur and uh, they accidentally wake it up while they're trying to get onto a raft and go across this river. And the the dinosaur actually gets in the water and starts chasing them down and starts swimming across the river and and knocks over the raft. And it's a whole big scene. It's a full chapter in this book where it's just like this terrifying thrill ride of like who's going to get eaten next, um, which, I mean, it would have been wonderful to see. Maybe we'll see it in some of the newer movies because that's they do that a lot too is they'll take elements from the first or second book and they'll sprinkle them in within the movies that are, are out right now. Uh, just as kind of like a nod and a callback. But uh, I think the, for the vast majority of it, um, the story might be slightly different, but what's important is the heart and the lesson and the, uh, the uh, yeah, uh, heart is the best way to put it. The, the heart of the story is still intact within the movie. Like they don't change it so drastically that it's not the same thing. It, it, they're very much two of the same stories. Just one is for a medium, of visual and and you know movie going audiences and the other one's a novel which there, there's always going to be differences in those sure, two things sure.
0: and i remember you telling me that uh the the book is a lot darker than the Spielberg. Oh, yeah. uh, um and, and although you described you know going to the movies and that first scene the chase and all that thing you were shaking as a kid how darker how more darker can it be but uh you did uh, describe it as as the tone is a little bit more serious a little bit more darker yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, it doesn't have
1: that Spielbergy whimsicalness that the movie has. Um, Spielberg is very talented at making um, very frightening situations, like right on the line of family friendly. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he can like even Jaws. I mean, Jaws at the time was terrifying, but now everybody's seen Jaws and it's it's not it's less of a terrifying movie as it is just it's in everybody's culture and everybody's kind of used to it. They all know Bruce the shark. So it's, it's like a
0: Thanksgiving uh family tradition to yeah, watch Jaws, you are
1: know, <laughs> out with your kids and watch Jaws these days, which I don't think was true in the <laughs> 70s, but right. like Spielberg's really good at doing that. He's really good at making these movies uh available for the a lot of audiences. And uh Jurassic Park which PG-13 at the time It still is. It's not as graphic the book. If they were to make the book completely faithful and put it on screen, I I think you might be looking at it, NC-17. Mm. Um, there's some very graphic deaths, uh, especially, um, Nedry, uh, he, he does die in a very similar way in the, in the book that he does in the movie, but it's, it's told in graphic detail. Uh, Dr. Wu, who is a, a longstanding character in the movies dies in the first book, uh, mm. in, in a very gruesome way, uh, to a raptor. And then the second book goes even harder where there's multiple deaths where the, the story is actually told from the perspective of the person being eaten. And it's it's pretty dark. So they've never <laughs> gone that full like that R, R rated in the uh, in the movies quite yet. Uh, I think the most gruesome one you can uh, example you can think of in the movies is. Um, Eddie Carr in Mm -hmm. The Lost World where he gets ripped out of the car and ripped in two by the two T-Rexes. That's a pretty gruesome death, but they don't show it because it's dark and it's raining and there's no blood or anything like that. But just imagine that in the book, but
0: in full gory detail. Sure. And I remember there was some controversy last year regarding a woman that was uh, taken from (laughs) the – and then uh, dropped in the mouth and all that stuff. I mean, you described something that was – utterly horrific, uh, being, uh, ripped out of a vehicle and ripped in two, but the controversy was, uh, this woman that was thrown in, in the, uh, in the mouth of this dinosaur. That That's what bothered people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was a very weird thing for people to latch onto as far as right. being offended by something, <laughs> but the only logical, um, uh, argument that I've heard so far kind of not liking that that scene is because her character was kind of a throwaway character and it seemed like they went overboard like in 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 most of the other movies the person who dies on the scene either morally was a darker character who you kind of like you as an audience, you were like, okay, well he deserved to die. Cause he was a right. kind of a jerk. Right. And then the other type of death is a heroic death. Somebody who sacrificed themselves for somebody else, which is Eddie Carr's uh, death is kind of falls into that category. So there's two different deaths in the Jurassic park franchises and this poor woman, she doesn't really fall into either of those categories. It wasn't a heroic death and it wasn't like, Oh, she deserved it. So if you want to argue that I will I can kind of understand where you're coming from but overall yeah. I mean come on man like it's, it's a dinosaur it's dinosaurs <laughs> like they're not going to care if you're a good guy or a bad guy they're just right, going to freaking eat me. you Exactly
0: <laughs> So we had uh, a couple of questions from uh, our Twitter friends my uh, co-host Shanti uh, wants to know what your favorite dinosaur is and why Oh geez, this is so
1: tough because the ones that I like the most, I can't really pronounce their names. Um
0: <laughs> you can say the the one with the spiny back yeah, or the, especially, you know,
1: with the uh, especially with the you know, not having it broken down in front of me like an encyclopedia. Um well I I think this is gonna sound real basic, and I I hope this isn't disappointing to people, but I mean I gotta the T Rex is iconic. It's a sure. it's the tyrant lizard. It's yeah. It's every kid's favorite dinosaur, if you ask them, I mean, I, I, I'll i tell you a funny story, though, is I, I really, um, when Jurassic Park 3 came out and they introduced the Spinosaurus egypticus, that was a dinosaur. I At that point in time, when that movie came out, I wasn't really aware that that thing existed. I was like, oh, crap, this thing's real. Holy hell. Like, that's awesome. Um, and then what happened, I think it was in 2019 to 2020, uh, there were some new scientific discoveries coming out about Spinosaurus, and it completely changed the physical presence of this dinosaur from it was kind of like bigger than a t-rex and it stood on its hind legs and it was a theropod and you know it was just it was the the next biggest thing next to t-rex or whatever uh but new scientific evidence has shown that it was actually more along the lines of uh a, almost like an alligator or a crocodile where it kind of like r- mumbled along on all fours a little bit and then it was also mostly aquatic and it had like almost like a fin like tail which kind of fed into that spine on the on its back. So if you look at it now, the scientific community is like oh, that's that movie is completely wildly inaccurate. <laughs> and it's funny cuz growing up I thought the spinosaurus was freaking cool and then right. seeing what like it actually is today according to the newest evidence I'm like that's a little less cool now. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that, that that's happening, though. I think it's really important that we get things right. And and sure. uh, I think the Jurassic Park franchise is also kind of queuing in on that, too, because um, they're making some slight changes to the dinosaurs. And in Jurassic World, um, the Colin Trevorrow movie that came out a few years back, they actually made a point of having Dr. Wu, the like again, the longstanding geneticist in the movies, um, make a comment about how the dinosaurs in Jurassic park are not accurate. They're what you want wanted us to make because Mm. it would sell tickets. If they actually made them to be accurate, they would look way different. I really love that. They took the time to put that line into the movie because now no matter what changes might come up, you know, we might find out that the T-Rex was completely different than what we've seen in the movies. They can still go back to the movies and say, well, this is why it looked different in the film you can't criticize the movie for that anymore, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. And, and interesting, you know, we'll get to uh, there's another question that I had in the notes regarding the science and, and stuff that they're doing now. But, um, you know, you, you talked about, uh, w- do you see any animals, uh, in today's world that kind of remind you of dinosaurs? I know there's a lot and yes, you can say birds. <laughs> I was going to say, well, <laughs> every bird, um,
1: Uh, it, well, I mean, yeah, you can always, you can definitely see, um, animals out there that have, have that lineage, uh, even from lizards. Lizards are the very, are the easiest one. You'll see the, the iguanas, uh, from those Pacific islands that are huge, like giant freaking creatures. And you're like, yeah, I could see if that was just a little bit bigger, I would classify Mm -hmm. that as a freaking dinosaur. Um, but then, you know, you, you get the birds like, uh, ostriches. I mean, those are just. I mean, if you look at the anatomy, they're kind of just raptors with really long necks. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they run really fast. They have giant claws on their feet and they're terrifying up close. I totally get it. You know, they have those, those, those bird eyes that just kind of like stare through you. They're, they're (laughs) frightening. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of animals out there that I, I look at and I go, yeah, that's definitely a dinosaur. In fact, oh, I got, I wish I could, maybe I could pull it up. There's a bird. Uh, you can edit this out. I'm going to look this up right now because this is important. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaur bird. There's a bird out there that is horrific looking and it's it's like seven feet tall. What are you putting in the search thread? Dinosaur bird alive today. Here we go.
0: Found it. <clears throat> oh, the one that kind of looks like a weird pelican? yeah a shoebill shoebill stork
1: shoebill stork yeah yeah. so yeah it just popped into my head when you asked me that question there's a, a a bird called the shoebill stork and if you look at photos of on google of this creature it is like if it just had teeth it would literally be a raptor yeah it's huge and, and it's got these these the these eyes that like i said just kind of like stare through you like i'm going to kill you right now like it just it fits the bill man like that is the perfect example of no bats- no pun intended yeah that <laughs> nice bro um yeah that that's it man that's a dinosaur right there 100%
0: All right, time for the big thank yous podcast family to those of you that support the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thank you. Wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales. What up, Joey? The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt. Super fan of many of the Red 5 network pods, Nicholas Schaefer. Follow him at Backyard TARDIS. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad, at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida. Our other Floridians, Frank, at the Garrison level. Big thanks. And looking at you, Steve, from Rogue One Radio. Check out that Red 5 pod for movies, music, TV, and more. And certainly not least, our executor level patrons, 97 Bravo and the Conversions Podcast. And Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast. Big thank you, Red Fivers. Go give them a follow. And our newest Garrison level patron, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scarif Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash Scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif. With patrons like you. I urge you guys to look for Shoebill Stork. Dude, it looks like uh, something right out of Dark Crystal, too. Right. <laughs> wow, and uh, take a look at what we're looking at. Amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you know, getting back to uh, a little bit of the uh, serious talk, you know, Jurassic Park was uh, kind of uh, I don't know built as as a, a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. um there is word in the scientific community i was looking it up that that by 2050 because of the genetics that we are doing and the experimentation and the learning um people are saying that we will have dinosaurs again since we found some uh dinosaur dna from a pregnant t-rex um do you think that's a good idea should we be messing with stuff like this what do you think (laughs) Absolutely not.
1: Um, <laughs> what
0: could go wrong?
1: <laughs> like, it's not like we don't have six movies that tell you why this is a bad idea. There is a kind of uh, um, immorality
0: to creating something that already had its chance in in evolution, and uh, dinosaurs actually survived better than we did. We've only been around for about what. Uh, uh, certainly, you know, a hundred million years perhaps, and uh, dinosaurs have been around, you know, for 350 million years. So, uh, you, I, I think there's a, I think that being the most successful living form on this planet, um, and we're just beginning, we're kind of like a virgin, you know, uh, race of, uh, of man and woman. Uh, I really think that we're, um, it would be wrong to go back and bring the dinosaurs back in real life, but not in the movie.
1: I've heard the same thing and you know it's always exciting to hear that there's gonna be some kind of a new breakthrough in the scientific community especially about genetics but it's a very very slippery slope and it's it's extremely dangerous to be messing with those kind of things in my humble opinion i'm not a scientist but i'm just like looking this from the outside in going i wouldn't mess with that dude i'm like kind of like the ian malcolm character like uh you don't Mm. understand what you're doing right now do you Uh, but i recently listened to a podcast and I, i wish i could give them a proper shout out but i don't remember Uh, what it was. It was a scientific community podcast where they interviewed a bunch of scientists and geneticists who were actually working on this very thing. And they said at at the moment, which is 2020 or 2021, when this was recorded, they said, we we can clone creatures that are alive now. But the problem is creatures that have either been buried or uh, underneath permafrost for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years, in some cases, the DNA and the blood and the fluid and stuff like that might be still intact. But because of the freezing of the creature, it's completely destroyed. Like there's nothing usable within that DNA sequence to take and clone. It's just not possible because it's it's literally destroyed. So even if you can take some blood out of the creature, more often than not, there's not going to be any actual DNA to use. So in this podcast, they kind of like pop the bubble on that idea a little bit. Uh, which I was also glad about. But what they did say is because they understand genetics a little bit better, the second best thing that they can do is they can take birds in embryo and genetically modify them to more closely resemble dinosaurs. So take, for instance, they they said a chicken. It's very possible within the next 15 years we could have a genetically altered chicken that looks like (laughs) a raptor. Or some kind of a small dinosaur, and we were its just kind of funny. Like, okay, so it's not a dinosaur. You're just messing with some genetics of a creature that's alive today. That's um, scary. Yeah, it is kind of scary. There's <laughs> genetics is a big thing, and, and sure. that's kind of what um, uh, Michael Crichton wrote these these books for. Because in the '80s and '90s, when he was writing these books, um, g- you know, genetics was a, an up and coming science, and they were learning a lot more about these types of things. And uh, it very much was a cautionary tale for him. Like, what if we did something that we couldn't control? What if we did mess around with nature to the point where we made a drastic mistake and brought dinosaurs back? And and that's kind of what the moral of the story is. And I hope that scientists today who are inspired by Jurassic Park take that lesson and go, <laughs> maybe we should yeah,
0: Exactly. <laughs> maybe not. I saw what could happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you'd only hope that uh, you know, scientists and uh other smart people and ethics experts uh can kind of weigh in and and mm-hmm. really, you know, figure out what the uh what the advantages would be of uh messing with uh genetics. Um it's yeah, you're right. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. And they said the same thing about uh, woolly
1: mammoths because that's a big conversation starter too is that, you know, they found woolly mammoths more or less intact Mm -hmm. underneath the permafrost. And um, they were like, what if we clone these? And they said, yes, we could probably get some kind of DNA out of them that might have survived. But they said the best option at the moment right now is, again, to just go and genetically modify an elephant to make it a little bit more hairy. And they're (laughs) like, if we do that, which we can do – Then that would be the closest thing to a woolly mammoth we'd be able to get to.
0: Yeah, just put some frog DNA in there. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit of frog DNA. (laughs) (laughs) We use the complete DNA of a frog to fill in the holes and complete the code. And now we can make a baby dinosaur. (laughs) Woo! I wanted to ask you too what you thought uh, the uh, strongest uh, dinosaur was. Strongest from um, your perspective, and I, I don't think we have to go into detail as far as uh, what uh, you I th- know. Uh, uh, I, think- I think
1: there's a there's a creature, a dinosaur. Um, I think I believe it's called Gigantosaurus. I, I think that's the official name. I don't know if that's just like the popular name or if that's actually the official name, but um, it's bigger than a T-Rex, but it's essentially the same, very, very similar. In uh, in you know, it's a just a really big T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say that that might be uh, top billing for strongest. I don't know if anybody's beaten the T-Rex's uh, um, bite force. <laughs> I know we've done studies on that and how powerful the bite is of a T-Rex. I'm not sure if anybody's topped that, but... Um, there's definitely bigger animals than the T-Rex out sure. there, which would take the bill.
0: And I did see a number on the, uh, bite force of a T-Rex. It's, uh, a little over 12,000 pounds, which, uh, which I, I can't fathom. Wow.
1: <laughs> 12,000 pounds per square inch. Right. That's intense.
0: It is totally. <laughs> um, but you know, T-Rex, uh, has got some small arms, so I don't know how it's, uh, gonna do the barbells or, or free weights, so. Sorry T-Rex. Those things are feathers, bro. They're they're wings. They're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so obviously everybody talks about their favorite dinosaur movie, Jurassic Park, Steven Spielberg, we all remember that. But do you have any other um dinosaur movies that uh that you really hang your hat on? Uh well Anything like else? I said,
1: the, the the Disney movie Dinosaur, um I thought was oh, the a anim- really Yeah, that the animated. animated. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a
1: fairly good movie. Um, I also kind of like, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, but I really enjoyed, there was a TV show that came out not too long ago, but it didn't get renewed for a second season. It was called Terra Nova.
0: Oh, and basically
1: I don't it, it has to do with time travel or some kind of an interdimensional travel where the earth is dying. You know, we've destroyed it via climate change or, or pollution or whatever you want to say. And, um, we leave Earth, going through some kind of a portal wormhole, and we end up on this uh, alternate universe Earth, but it's prehistoric and there's mm-hmm. dinosaurs still active. So p- humans are populating this planet, which uh, is also happens to inhabit with uh, dinosaurs. So it's a fun show. I, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I'm kind of bummed out that it didn't get renewed for more seasons because um, it did it did dinosaurs well. You know, for a TV show with a limited budget, I think the, the dinosaurs looked fairly decent.
0: I do and, remember uh, that.
1: Yeah. I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, the other classics, I mean, you're never going to get the, – the, like you said, the thing with Jurassic Park is it set the bar so stinking high that if you watch anything else, everything else kind of pales in comparison. And as still, far as the, yeah, uh, right. Still, even today, it kind of just pales. Um, but, you know, the, the Lost World, there's movies out there that are kind of like low-budget, made-for-TV movies. Um, mm. Those are very, very interesting. I think it was a, um, an archaeological crew go down to South America and they find, you know, The Lost World. And I think it's based off of a, a, of a classic novel, and uh, those movies are all enjoyable. You know, if you have a good story, you can, you can forgive a lot about the, you know, effects and CGI and stuff. You ready to do homework? Okay, I got a... a you want to say hi to Ro? Come here. Come here. Here, tell him how much you love dinosaurs. Hi.
0: You love dinosaurs?
1: yeah yeah
0: do your best impression of a dinosaur
1: uh a t-rex
0: what is how does a t-rex sound (sighs) nice (laughs) very nice i'm using that as a
1: promo yep (laughs) (laughs) i figured as much i was like oh we might as well get him in on this
0: So real fast before um, before we close out, and we haven't done this in a really long time, um, we're gonna do a quick uh, game of Sentry Mode where I fire off some Jurassic Park questions to you. And uh, for an expert, I think uh, you know these questions are gonna be softballs. I think you're gonna get e- every one of them. But before we do that, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, what do dinosaurs represent to you? What do you think, or to to everybody who loves them? Um, that's a great question.
1: I I think everybody's probably going to have a slightly different answer, but for me, they represent um, imagination and they represent the possibilities of learning. And, and like, like I said, you know, I'm teaching, I'm homeschooling my children and I'm, you know, doing stuff like that. And when we explore these subjects and we talk about dinosaurs and we talk about, you know, prehistoric history and the evidence that supports all this stuff, it's, it's a mind-blowing thing for a young kid. And sometimes even for me, I learn new things all the time. And I think it's just really important that we keep that, um, we keep that love in our heart for these amazing creatures that lived so long ago and that we can learn about and we can continue to study and and learn new things. And it's just, it's a great thing. I'm very much in love with the character of Alan Grant. Like he, he represents all that good stuff to me. Like he's out there digging up the dinosaurs and and learning new things about them and teaching, you know, people about it. And I, I, I hope that, and I hope, and I wish that uh, the scientific community continues to support these endeavors endeavors and uh, learn even more about these creatures. I think it's, I think it's a great thing. I love it.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, they, they also represents perseverance. um, The, uh, the spark of curiosity. Mm -hmm. I think dinosaurs really spark the curiosity in, in man, um, and like you said, you know, just learning about them, they actually existed. They actually walked the earth. I think Steven Spielberg um, definitely uh, has created something that will go down uh, through the generations as a, a favorite uh, of, of people that love uh, dinosaurs and movies. I think they married uh, the two and uh, looking forward to the new movie. Yeah, me too. Sentry Mode, Jurassic Park edition with The Salty Nerd.
1: This is Sentry Mode.
0: This is going to be easy, man. I'm terrible at trivia. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give it my best shot. All right. Question number one. Jurassic Park was released in what year? 1994. Ooh. First one wrong, right out the bat. Nineteen ninety three. Was it ninety three? I thought yeah. the book
1: came out in ninety three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, no, man. No, That's okay. That's okay. Book that's came okay. out in ninety
0: two. Then, <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Uh, question number two: Name in the movie, name the island that uh, our heroes go to see these dinosaurs. Isla Nublar. Very good. And question number three: The actual location they shot uh, uh, on uh, on this island. That was the island of Hawaii um i got an answer of costa rica that's where it takes place
1: off the coast of costa rica is where the story takes place but the filming of the movie took place on hawaii
0: schooled by the expert
1: (laughs) i I hope i made up for my wrong date at the first (laughs) question (laughs)
0: absolutely question number four dr grant's first name is alan and question number five on our Sentry Mode Scarif Jurassic Park edition, name the three actors of the original movie. Uh, Sam Neill
1: played Alan Grant, uh, Laura Dern played Ellie Sattler, and Jeff Goldblum played Ian Malcolm.
0: Very nice. A perfect score. I won't <laughs> count the first one. <laughs> You definitely made up for that. Uh, okay. <laughs> awesome. Very, very nice.
1: This is Sentry Mode.
0: Alex, it's been wonderful talking dinosaurs, and I know you coined a phrase uh, way back in the day uh, because of your love for dinosaurs. You even made a T-shirt out of it. Uh, can you tell the folks what that is? <laughs> Uh, I don't. Am I allowed
1: to say it on the on this podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So as part of this, uh, my excitement for these movies and for dinosaurs in general, and just anything to do with with prehistoric creatures, uh, I I coined the hashtag hashtag Fuck Yeah Dinosaurs uh, because <laughs> I just feel like it just says it so well. It's like anytime somebody says, "Hey, there's some new information about this dinosaur," or "Look, we found this uh, this new creature in the permafrost, and we're studying it." Fuck yeah, dude. Like, yes. It's kind of <laughs> like that Jesse Pinkman thing. Like, yeah, right. science, bitch. Like, that's the same. Exactly. That's the same vibe, man. I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm probably gonna catch some heat for saying that for my kids someday, but <laughs> 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 but uh, well, it, it just kind of expresses how I feel about the whole the whole thing. Like the movies and the actual scientists behind learning about these creatures, like heck yeah, dude. That's awesome.
0: Well, you know, it, uh, you might get shit, but you have to remind folks that it comes from a good place. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) Don't judge
0: me. Yeah. Dinosaurs. Absolutely. (laughs) Alex, uh, thank you so much. Tell our wonderful listeners where people can find you. And I'm sure that's a moot point because the Salty Nerd is found everywhere. And everyone that listens to us, I'm sure knows about you. But go for it (laughs) anyway. (laughs) <laughs> all right. Well, we're doing some
1: really exciting things over
0: there uh,
1: for the Salty Nerd podcast. Of course, you guys can catch all of our episodes on any podcast platform that you might be listening to, especially Spotify or Apple iTunes. Uh, we do podcasts every single week on the audio side. We have three podcasts that drop. Uh, we do a TV show review. We also do uh, our SP Weekly, which is three movies that have to do with a specific theme. Uh, each theme is different for the week. Uh, For instance, this past week that we just recorded was Kurt Russell Western movies. And the week before that was zombies. We're all over the place. Anything and everything that has a theme or a genre to it that's sci-fi or nerdy, we dive into it and have a great time. So you guys can catch our podcast there. If you want to catch a live stream on YouTube, if that's your thing, I do a late night live stream podcast on my YouTube channel, uh, the s Late night. Uh, it's a various different topics that changes from week to week. Um, I, I like to do interviews with interesting people. I also like to cover... Movies and TV shows that I might not be able to do on the main show that might not fit into a specific genre or might not be quite nerdy enough, but I still enjoy it. I do those kind of things on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Pacific time on the YouTube channel.
0: That is awesome. And before I forget, we do have one more question from Andrew over at uh, the uh, Coruscant Radio Underground, uh, part of our Red 5 network. Should they be doing more... To cast more diverse dinosaurs in Jurassic World. More diverse dinosaurs? You know, I think it was a joke. Are dinosaurs dinosaurs too white? I don't know if you could whitewash (laughs) dinosaurs. I've never heard that one before. All right, Uh, people. It's a joke.
1: Take it easy. Relax.
0: (laughs) Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Scare of Scuttlebutt Podcast. Just wanted to remind you all, we can be found wherever you find your other favorite shows. iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Podchaser, Backtracks FM, Podtail, Owltail, Google Podcast and of course, our own red5network.com, to name a few. And don't forget to drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659, our scuttlebutt hotline. We want to hear what's on your mind. Your call is very important to us. Let us know what you think of the show, what future topics we should tackle, or just to say, hello there. Please hold. Thank you, Salty, for joining me on uh, this wonderful discussion about dinosaurs and uh, why we think they are so special. If you guys uh, have uh, a a thought about this discussion, or if you want to chime in to see why you think dinosaurs are so cool, give us a call, 773-234-8659. We got a scare of Scuttlebutt Hotline. Or just uh, head over to Twitter and tag us. You can use... Fuck yeah, dinosaurs. We'll find it. <laughs> we'll check it out. Thank you very much, uh, Alex. Have an awesome day. Thank you for joining me. This is Ro from the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt.
1: Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network.